0: Goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent
1: round. Hill will hit immediately when he got is. the handoff. You know <laughs> the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you.
0: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to recap day number two at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. And so for that, we turn to our friend who covers the Colts for CNHI Sports and the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana, Mr. George Bremer. George, quite an eventful day today. A lot of people speaking.
1: Yeah, you know, players got here for the first time. Uh, that day is always interesting. The first day is, of players is always quarterback day, and that's always going to make headlines no matter, you know, you don't need a Trevor Lawrence or an Andrew Luck to make the quarterbacks make headlines, and they certainly came out and did that today as well. So, uh, busy day, and, you know, I think things are finally off and running. The best part is the combine is back in the form that we've seen it pre-COVID. You know, everybody's here uh, for the most part. In person, you know no more zoom calls, no more you know half the team can't be there it 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 looks like it did in twenty nineteen and I think that's really welcome,
0: George, before we get into all the stuff that went on with the players and the whispers around the league, let's start with the Jets. We heard from both Robert Sala and Joe Douglas today. Here's what we heard from Robert Sala. He was asked about having two picks in the top ten and said that. Typically, you'd like to draft guys that play premium positions, but exceptions can always be made for a quote-unquote unicorn that probably is in reference to Kyle Hamilton. That doesn't mean that the Jets are necessarily going to draft him or that they view Hamilton as a unicorn. That's just Salah saying that even though their preference would be to, say, take a tackle, an edge rusher, a corner, a quarterback, not this year, but in general, those are the premium positions. That they would make an exception potentially for somebody that they felt was extraordinary at another position. So we'll see where their evaluations lead them in the end. Salah says he doesn't feel he'll lose anything from not interviewing players in person. Remember, he's not there. He's doing all this stuff via Zoom. Salah, in a quote that I wholeheartedly endorse, says that having a defense that doesn't allow a shootout on the other end helps Zach Wilson's development. Because then it means that Wilson himself won't have to have the pressure ...of being in a shootout and having to carry the offense to all sorts of yards and points. He, of course, I believe is correct about that. Salas said that no matter what decision they make, they feel it would indirectly or directly be improving the quarterback. In other words, adding impact players on either side of the ball is going to help for the exact reason that I just said. That if they improve the defense... And make sure that the other team's offenses can't destroy the Jets' defense, then that means that there's a lot less for Wilson to worry about. Joe Douglas spoke as well, said he hasn't closed the door on the possibility of Denzel Mims chipping in. He's hopeful. I think at this point, you keep Mims, head into training camp, see what you get out of him, but you absolutely cannot make plans around him. You've got to do something else at wide receiver, and if you get something out of Denzel Mims, then great, that's a nice little bonus. Joe Douglas also said, we're going to get this team better when talking about what his approach is going to be in free agency and also that the Jets are ready to strike in the trade market if the right player becomes available for the right price. Douglas also announced that the Jets are going to be picking up Quinn Williams' 50-year option. That means now that Williams is under contract two years, $16 million over the next two years. That's a bargain for a player of his caliber. As I said on Twitter, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, everybody knows that I was a huge Quinn and Williams booster heading into the draft. I think you've seen flashes of why people like myself and Joe Blewett and So many in the draft community were extremely high on Williams, not to mention so many talent evaluators in the NFL, but he hasn't been consistently dominant enough. There have been injuries. He has to step up in 2022 and be that all pro type of dominant player that the Jets were expecting when they picked him at number three overall if he wants that big contract extension. So the carrot is there now at the end of the stick for him to try and reach for. So that pretty much wraps up what we heard from Salah and Douglas. Obviously, the biggest tangible news is that Quinton Williams is having his fifth-year option picked up. As I said, George, everybody knew that was going to happen. And the rest of the comments are interesting. But at the beginning of March, you do have to keep in mind that Nothing set in stone and anything you hear from these guys, you can take with a grain of salt. But I do think that in general, what Salah said in terms of preferring to pick guys at premium positions, but being willing to make exceptions for unicorns, which could, of course, mean Kyle Hamilton, but as I was saying to you before we started recording, could mean somebody like Nicobe Dean at number 10. If they watch him and think he's going to be a blue chip caliber linebacker and just can't not take him, that could be somebody that could be in the cards as well in terms of being a quote unquote unicorn. So a lot to gleam from this, but in the end, it doesn't mean that much because of when it's being said and the fact that you can never take anything that these guys say at face value totally. It's one of the frustrating things about the Combine
1: every year because the teams come and they talk, but they really can't talk all that openly about anything. Uh, a lot of the decisions are still in flux. You know, I mean, Kyle Hamilton may be in discussions, uh, but is it at four or is it at 10 or, you know, is it more of a long shot? I, we don't know those things yet. And then that goes for every team. Uh, and it does. It's kind of frustrating because there's really not a lot they can say until free agency gets started Uh, and then obviously once the draft is completed and you have a better idea of what the roster looks like they can open up about the decision making a lot but this time of year it's a lot of hypotheticals it's a lot of uh you know not double speak but you're trying to talk around the issue uh and obviously i think any team that in early march is shutting down options is doing themselves a disservice i mean you're not at this point in the in the process, you should be open to just about anything and then you know rule things out as you get more information and as as things roll along. And I think the Jets are doing that. I imagine most of the 32 teams are doing that right now.
0: We'll add that Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver out of Penn State, and Traylon Burks, the wide receiver out of Arkansas, both said they spoke with the Jets. Burke said that he would have absolutely no problem with coming into the league and playing for a big market team even though he's obviously from a small town and from a state where they don't get the same level of media scrutiny. And Jahan Dotson said that he has been consulting with Saquon Barkley about what it's like to play in New York, and it wouldn't spook him at all to be here. So again, you're going to hear these kind of quotes from players. They don't want to alienate any teams. They're always going to be very positive when they talk about any particular situation that they're asked about. But it was nice to hear that both guys had positive things to say about the possibility of playing in New York.
1: Yeah, that's another one of my favorite things about the – the combine and when people go up and, you know, have you talked to fill in the blank because I don't know how many times on draft day, you know, we're talking to prospects and somebody says, when, when did you know the Colts are going to pick you? And he said, today, this is the first I heard from them or, <laughs> you know, and other times it's the other way. I mean, other times they're like, Oh, I, you know, they talked to me at the senior bowl and talked to me again at the combine and I was here for a visit and, you know, they were, they were there in the whole process. So it just doesn't, I don't know that it's the same as kind of the team situation it's information uh, but I don't know what to do with it a lot of times because you know sometimes teams are very coy about who they're going after and other times they are all in with them so it's just it's one of those things that it sort of makes me laugh it's a yearly thing uh, and it happens with all 32 teams but it's kind of funny to watch.
0: Speaking of something you hear from a ton of teams this time of year, if I had a dollar for every general manager who said the following phrase when asked about their draft plans, quote, We are open for business. Seriously, I think every single general manager has been saying that, and then you get people running to Twitter or to podcast or video or an article to talk about how Nick Casario, the GM of the Houston Texans, said he's open for business with the pick. Joe Douglas, the general manager of the Jets, says he's open for business. Joe Shane, the new general manager of the Giants, is open for business. The Detroit Lions are open for business. Everybody's open for business because as the legendary million dollar man, Ted DiBiase once said, every man has a price. And so no matter what, especially in a draft like this, where there's no lock, stock and barrel, number one quarterback at the top of the draft, teams are going to be willing to listen and deal for the right price.
1: Absolutely. And it goes back to the conversation earlier about this early in March, if you're ruling out, you know options completely you're probably doing it the wrong way so you know of course you're open for business you're going to wait and you're going to see what what people want to say you want those offers to come in it doesn't mean you even really have much intention in trading the pick but you want to hear what's out there i mean you'd be doing a disservice to your franchise if you didn't at least listen
0: play like a jet play like a jet george let's talk about some of the news and notes coming out from around the league speaking of open for business the giants are quote unquote. Open for business on Saquon Barkley, the running back out of Penn State, has had trouble staying healthy. He's already very expensive, on the verge of needing a new contract. Not really a surprise that the Giants, a rebuilding team, would be looking to shop him. And this once again drives home the point that it made no sense for the Giants to take him at number two overall in the first place because doing so immediately made him one of the most expensive players at his position especially on a team that wasn't ready to win, even though Dave Gettleman decided to lie to himself and pretend that they were ready to win. So now that whole thing has blown up in their face and they're looking to move on. Giants also severed ties with Kyle Rudolph, the tight end today, and I'll save them $5 million on the cap. Some contract extensions for Steve Keim and Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. A lot of people believe that Kingsbury is one of the keys to keeping Kyler Murray happy, so maybe getting that extension done helps mend the fences with Kyler Murray and maybe thaw out that relationship a little bit after we've seen some turbulence with Kyler Murray's agent putting out statements and leaks from the organization that they're not necessarily sold on his leadership. We'll see if this leads to a contract extension there now. Louis Riddick interviewing for the Steelers job at the Combine. So we'll see if he ends up leaving the booth. The Dolphins claim they're looking for a veteran backup quarterback. That's Mike McDaniel, the head coach, saying that. I think a lot of teams are going to be looking for that. By the way, Devontae Booker, the running back, also cut by the Giants, saving them $2 million in cap space. The Commanders announced that they're exercising the 5th year option on Montez Sweat. Again, absolutely zero surprise there. Montez Sweat has certainly made himself a fixture of that Washington defense. And last but not least, Scott Fitterer claims that the Panthers quarterback job is, quote, open. No shock. And for the Colts, that bears paying attention to because the Colts quarterback job is also open. So the Panthers, another competing team, although we all figured that was going to be the case. So George, any thoughts on all these news and notes? No, you know, it, it's that it's sort of the spring
1: cleaning season, I guess, if that's how you want to word it in the NFL. You know, everybody's trying to get their cap in order, so you're going to try to do what you can. If you've got assets that you think you can trade, like Saquon Barkley, then you're going to try to do that. If you can, you've got to cut a guy, you know, now's the time to do it because you're really, I mean, we're what two weeks, uh, less than two weeks as of today away from the start of free agency. I think the tampering period opens on March 16th, so you know, you want to get your house in order and that's what you're seeing you know go across the league trying to make sure that you've got all everything in the right place, all the money stored up as you can so you can make this run get free agency set the way you want it and then set your draft pick to draft board to fill the rest of your needs.
0: George, let's talk about the prospects now we had a lot of players talking today. one of them was Sam Howell and this cracked me up. Apparently the Eagles had him shoot a basketball on a mini hoop. And Hal said he only made two out of five. So that quote means I'm probably not high on their draft board. That is an interesting tactic by Philadelphia, and I'm not really sure what it's meant to do, but it's at least giving us a good laugh. Talk to me a little bit about what you heard from the quarterbacks today and if there was any more buzz going around about them as well. Yeah, that was
1: funny. I mean, Sam Howell saying that and then Kenny Pickett coming back and saying he hasn't interviewed with the eagles but he's pretty sure he can make more than two out of five so that was you know some the competitive nature a little bit i think um i thought it was interesting you don't get this a lot usually in the draft but i think this position group has been so attacked from the outside you know so many people talking about this being the worst class in the decade or whatever what have you uh they they were really standing up for one another i think you you saw you know, the four or five guys that are sort of at the top of that group, depending on who you look at, Matt Corle, uh, you know, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong, that group sort of comes up the most in the first and second round discussion. Uh, they all were saying, look, this is a better class than you think, and they were pointing to each other's strengths. And you usually, it goes the other way, you know, usually it's, look at me, I'm a great player, and, and I'm the best player in this draft. And there was There was some of that, too. They were all talking about why they should be the first quarterback taken, but I thought it was interesting to see them kind of circle the wagons and and say
0: there's a lot more talent here than we're being given credit for. George, one of the top receivers in this draft is Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC. He is not going to be able to work out at the combine because he's recovering from a fractured ankle, but he did speak today also heard from Traylon Burks, as I said before, he said that he's met with several teams, including the Patriots, described that meeting as intense, and said it would be an honor to play for Bill Belichick. So talk a little bit about what you heard from the tight ends and wide receivers today. There's
1: a lot. I mean, those two guys in particular you just mentioned, there's a lot of freak wide receivers, you know, size, speed, athleticism. Uh, in this traveling, like London's a guy who's who was a great basketball player. He even played at least one season at USC. So, I mean, you know, you want to talk about elite athleticism there. And and Burks, you know, what he does at his size is pretty incredible. And I think that's something that people are really excited about with the receiver group. The tight end group is just deep. I don't know that people feel like there's a uh, Rob Gronkowski in this group. I don't know that there's a Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. But they think that you could get, you know, starting caliber guys, guys that can really contribute maybe as late as the fifth round in, in this draft. So I think it's really a deep tight end and versatile tight end group. But with the receivers, it, there's a little bit of for everyone. You know, the two guys you mentioned, London and, and Burks, they are big size speed guys. Uh, but you've got smaller guys, too. The two Ohio State guys are, are smaller in statue, stature, but I think they're both kind of seen as speed receivers. Garrett Wilson, in particular, one of the more explosive guys in this draft. You know, he talked a lot about playing bigger than than he is uh, and how important that is to his game, and I'm sure it's going to be important to some teams on the draft board. So I think every year, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, I think every year is a great year for receivers anymore. Colleges are just turning out really good players at this position in large numbers year after year, and this year's no
0: exception. Trey McBride had a good quote. He said that he considers himself a playmaker and, and a run blocker who loves being physical. Pretty sure that the Jets would love to have a guy like that at the tight end position. So that's certainly going to continue the Jets fans love affair with the Colorado State tight end. George, anything else worth discussing from what you saw today at the Combine in Indy? You know,
1: I do think it's a, it's a weird year um, because there's not that Joe Burrow at the top of the draft or a Chase Young or Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa, or what have you. You know, those premier positions, th- there are a lot of really good edge rushers in this draft, but I don't know that there's anybody that has the hype that, that some of those previous guys did coming in. Uh, and it's made a weird buzz because of it, because I think you don't have, normally there's there's all this talk about the guys in the top five. We have a pretty good idea of what order they're going to come off the board. Uh, none of that this year. It's a much more wide open top of the draft, and it's made things really interesting because, uh, you know, I think especially in that receiver group, they all know they could go anywhere from like four through, you know, 40 probably. And it won't be a surprise because they're all stacked differently on, on different people's boards and you know, what style of receiver do you need? And it's just, I think it's going to make for a really interesting combine because you don't have that sort of consensus top 10 type of situation. And i usually when, when kids come into the room and they start saying, you know I'm going to wow everybody, and, and I'm going to put my my name on the map. You kind of shake your head because it's it's somebody who's in the 50s. I, there's a lot of merit to it this year. I think they actually have a chance. You know, almost
0: everybody who says that has a shot to make it happen. Couple of other quick notes before we run, George, Cade Otten, the tight end out of Washington, who's probably a top five or six tight end in this class is not healthy enough to work out at the Combine, still rehabbing, so he's not going to be doing anything physical. Justin Ross, who we told you about yesterday, who is not going to be participating. He is medically cleared but won't do anything on the field. He will, however, participate In the bench press One quote that I forgot to mention before George From Traylon Burks Is that he says he tries to mimic his game After Debo Samuel And I'm sure that a lot of teams are going to take note Because any team that takes him Is likely to try and use him In that role at least to some degree And also David Bell The wide receiver from your neck of the woods In Purdue George He said that his father grew up a Giants fan And he would (laughs) absolutely love to play for the Giants Because it would make his father's day Hey hang in there maybe it could happen or maybe you go to the other New York team wink wink
1: now that was a funny quote because he's an Indianapolis guy and he's from Purdue and I think somebody was trying to get the uh, easy hometown thing there he said (laughs) well actually my grandpa had a whole bunch of Giants memorabilia in the house and they won two Super Bowls and that was really the team I cheered for (laughs) growing up so that was kind of funny and it, it was interesting to watch that unfold
0: As the old saying goes when it comes to asking questions in a court of law Never ask a question that you don't know the answer to So that's what happens when you ask a question expecting one thing but not knowing the answer Sometimes you get broadsided But as you said, George, for us It's entertaining, so I'm glad that he said that And I'm sure the reporter was expecting something that he could write To satisfy the local angle Instead, he got a funny quote for the rest of us So, inadvertently, he did us all a favor George Bremer, our friend who covers the cults for CNHI Sports And the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana Thanks so much for coming on And recapping day number two of the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to breaking down day three with you tomorrow. In the meantime, follow George on Twitter. At GM Bremmer, that's G-M-B-R-E-M-E-R. Read his work over at the Herald Bulletin. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great all-22 breakdowns up on the channel, including Trey McBride, the outstanding tight end out of Colorado State who we talked about before, and Traylon Burks, the receiver from Arkansas who says he patterns his game after Debo Samuel. Want to see if it's true or not that he could perhaps be that type of player in the NFL? Luke's got a breakdown right now on our channel. So watch the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, teepublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt. The Zach says go long shirt. Caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there at teepublic. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets Podcasts and content, you know where to go That's PlayLikeAJetDigital And PlayLikeAJet.com